I don't understand why Rob's dog doesn't like you. That doesn't make sense. I know. I every time I go over to his house, I slather myself in beef. She's a good judge like, of character, I, is what the problem is. I wear underpants made out of flank steak, <laughs> and you know, I I put the peanut butter. Oh, I've I've told her I've told her about the whole um, not taking candy from strangers and getting into you know white panel vans. Oh, um, that's why. So she's been on the lookout for you. She she understands. Yeah, there's a my peanut butter. Uh, Problem has been solved. They had four or five at my Publix. Oh, I saw that. Was it was it the the big jars that you bought? No, it was the it was the smaller one. So I only bought two. I didn't buy all of them. But... You should have bought all of them. They're never there. Yeah, but I don't want. I'm not that guy. I'm not the. You're buy not all of the. You're not reselling them. You're just buying them so that you have them, and so that you can just go through them. One. I have faith that they will not have another salmonella outbreak in the thing. I'm pretty sure the salmonella outbreaks actually occur when like bird droppings like get washed into the vats. Was was that all it was, or was it, or was the extra crunchy just discontinued? Uh, every all GIF was no, 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 all GIF was a problem because of some sort of salmonella outbreak. But that was in June, so they had to like recall everything. Okay, so you found your peanut butter. That's good. The Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about. <laughs> All right, shit. Huh? You're supposed to do that. You were well, but they to. know because I'm saying that this is the. Okay, you, you are listening to <laughs> the Give Me Five podcast, episode 254. Um, has it been? Has it been that many? That's crazy. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And That's you the still talking. can't that seem to get matter. it right. Um. <laughs> Brought to you by the Give Me Five podcast <laughs> patrons. Go to patreon.com slash give me five. That's the word five, not the number five. Patreon.com um, slash give me five podcast. I'm typing this as we go. Just Which is why there's like a patreon.com. Well, give me five. Do you, you get the opportunity to see what becoming a patron can do for you and for us. <laughs> Mostly us. Yay, us. <laughs> no, we love we our really patrons, do. really. We appreciate all of you guys. This is the Gimme Five Podcast, a semi-entertaining show, but luckily for you, it's about entertaining things. Um, we are going to talk about some pop culture. I think what we're going to talk about mostly today is um, visual stuff, TV, uh, TV show and a movie. And I think we're going to roll it back to last week for a quick little thing that I'm excited about. Um, my name as I have been known in the legendary books of yore, is Nosferatu. And I'm joined by Lestat. You're also known as the hunter <laughs> That's from true. the future. 
And I'm also joined by Edward Cullen, who sparkles in the sunlight. <laughs> Bella! He's sparkly! I don't know anything. Uh, I didn't read them. Twilight. I saw the movies. Whatever. <clears throat> uh, I think this week... We'll... I'm pretty sure Rob actually was my get out of get out of twilight free card i think he watched it with alicia that's okay I at least have. one of them whatever man that's cool and then but here's the deal like everyone who i know that read the books read them multiple times like they said they were amazing i never read the books i believe you i don't know they were not i guess it was really they were uh, one of those things where it's amazing to people that well, i think what it what is what i don't think that's what it is i think it's a gender be. thing because now that I think about it, it's like women have told me that they're great, and I don't I don't know any guys that have li- that have read the books and and like and you have and you say it wasn't good. I believe you, but I never read them. I've they, not read them. Well, essentially yeah. romance novels. But everyone, every woman that I know that's read them, literally read them more than once. So I, you know, and if you really if you really pare down what they're about, also they get super creepy because like the dude's like several hundred years old dating a high school girl. And he's like trying, kind of trying to convince her to become a vampire also so yeah. that he could like be with her. So it's, it's a, it's a little uh, predatory, not in a good way. But if you like, think about it in that way, any vampire who is interested in a living, you know, person the the age difference is enough to where it could be considered creepy. So is that really fair to Edward Cullen? And the other question I have is, why the hell do I know that his name is Edward Cullen? Because <laughs> I didn't have to look it up. I just knew. So I would be very happy if we just moved on Give from daughter. this conversation. <laughs> that, that works. <laughs> uh, we're, we haven't even gotten into. Well, what we're here's talking. the deal. Yeah, we're, this week this we are talking about um, um, tales from the walking tales of the Walking Dead, which I'm interested in hearing about. And the reason that I went all vampire-y is because of the Jamie Fox movie Day Shift. Yeah. So, uh, am I doing spoilers here? Yeah, I guess I will because I already started. Uh, we are going to spoil some stuff as we talk about these things. Uh, if it if the spoiling of the thing will ruin your enjoyment of the thing, we will try not to do it. But if we do it, then you get mad. <laughs> Don't. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I had As, to. I'm sorry. I had I had to Google it real quick because one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know if it's actually true or not, but Stephen King comparing um, Harry Potter to Twilight, and he was saying. Harry Potter is about confronting fears, finding inner strength, and doing what is right in the face of adversity. Twilight is about how important it is to have a boyfriend. It's so yeah, funny. Twilight right. is such a... I mean, I think years from now, sociologists will like study that. Because it is so like gender-specific. Is that the right word? Like Every woman that I know loved, yeah. loved Twilight. Like It just could not get enough. Especially the books, the movies, whatever, right? Maybe, maybe not. But I don't know any guys that are just like, ooh, Twilight was amazing. I don't know any any guys at all. It's so 
it's so funny. Like it's such a, well, I don't know. It's such an interesting thing to me. Um, now I feel like I got to read the books. Oh, damn it. Whatever. You don't. <sighs> yeah. You don't. Well, all right. So. I do like, uh, there's, I like those memes that will have a picture from some other movie. It'll have like a face hugger on like John Hurt's <laughs> face and it'll say still a better love story than Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh God, I'm looking at him right now. There's one that has a, pic- a picture of O.J. Simpson oh and Nicole God, Brown Simpson. So it's a still better. Life. Oh, really like my, oh my God! God. I don't know where to go with that. Uh, here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to change the subject completely wow. and say, "Is there any news this week? Do we have anything?" Okay. Uh, I do have a couple things, and uh, one of which, do you know who Steve Grimmett is? Or Grimmett is. Yeah, isn't he that claymation guy that has the, the <laughs> dog partner? Wallace and Gromit. No, no that's, that's Wallace and Gromit. Oh, nicely done. Never mind. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Steve Grimmett is uh, the lead oh. singer of the band Grim Reaper. Remember them? From yes. The, the, no, the, I do not. The late 80s. You won't, but from the late 80s, early 90s. I think it's really funny because, like, People, they were on one of the bands that people were like, oh, they're a Satan band, you know, like Venom and Slayer. Like, people would put them there. But if you really listen to them now, they're, they were no heavier than so uh, Poison or anything like that. Um, well, Steve Grimmett has passed away. He passed away um, today. In fact, oh, okay. right before we recorded this, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, but he uh, was in his 60s uh, or about five years ago while he was on tour. He got an infected wound and ended up losing part of his leg. I was going to say, where were um, they born? In Ecuador, I believe. Okay. They, like, because in, in the South American countries, um, that kind of 80s, mid 90s metal is like huge. Eastern still. Europe, too. But So they were down there. And Maryland. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is weird. <laughs> there really is. A very is. weird true. kicks so situation true. in Maryland. <laughs> yeah. Kicks and that I didn't even like when they were big. In Maryland. Like, um, they're just killing it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he passed away. He, um, but I, I was looking, and I, so I listened to. Um, they had a song called "Rock You to Hell," and I was like, okay, and I hadn't listened to it in years, so I listened to it. And one of the the lyrics um, that just cracked me up because it was supposed to be like, "Ooh, the scary music." You shouldn't listen to the Satan music. Um, there was something about like what your do what your mama said, brush your teeth, and go to bed. But no, that life is not for me. And I was like, this is what people were scared of. <laughs> This is the satanic panic we were like, afraid of. Like, do what your mama said, sacrifice your cat, and go to bed. pray Satan. No, it was brush your teeth and go to bed. <laughs> uh, they were they became semi-famous. I don't know if if they were upset about this or not, but they were one of the bands that um, Beavis and Butthead absolutely like lambasted. Um, I'll like, never floss hard. What do you think I am? But, um, our condolences <laughs> to the members of Great. Yeah, the members of Grim Reaper. And I will, uh, I will rock out to you this evening whilst walking my dog, and brushing my teeth and going to bed. Wow, that's like anti anti establishment. Well done. Wow. Yeah, I'm a rebel rebel. (laughs) And then speaking of music, I got an opportunity to go to a nice little charity show the other day, and it was fun. So I'm going to talk about it. Was it quaint? Um. What? Nothing. I didn't hear what you said. I said, was it quaint? It was quaint. It was a nice little charity show. It was. So um, Matt Heafy, um, Matt K. Heafy, he is the lead singer of a band called Trivium, 
Um, he, he's they're big. Um, I happen to really like them. I know um, you guys don't get into the heavier kind of screaming metal, but um, I've met them a few times. Super nice dude. But I mean, they're big enough to where they'll they're opening for Metallica on tour. They're big enough where I've seen shows with them sixty thousand people. And they played at my workplace. Or oh. He played at my workplace. Um, in fact, their last two albums, the Trivium's last two albums, um, were recorded at my workplace. Um, so anyway, he, him, they're from Orlando. They were actually a high school band, and they got signed and have released a whole bunch of albums. And one of the things when he got married that he realized was that you know he. Wanted to make sure that that he could do a charity cool. with his wife that helped kids. Um, so he started a, a charity called Metal and Honey, and one of the things they're doing is working on a a music therapy um, thing for a local hospital. And uh, so they're building a like a music therapy room, for, I guess, for the kids that are there long term. And did it because his you know he actually said that one of the reasons he had already started doing the charity and then they had twins and they made it one year and one of his friends called him at the or told him at the birthday party wow you made it a year without ever having to bring your kid to the hospital and then one year and one day the kid fell down and hit his head on a wooden car and split his head open and they had to go to the emergency oh, wow. room yeah. and he so. was cussing that guy out yes he was um so Either way, so they did a, a charity event at the school. It was, I really liked it. It was acoustic, so you actually got to kind of hear some of the nuances of some of their songs. But their set list was really cool. Like I didn't tell anybody about it just because it's their the band itself is a little bit heavier. Um, but and I didn't know too much about it. Like I was thinking, oh, should I should bring my kid. But like if it was really like loud, screamy stuff, I knew that he wouldn't be super thrilled and he would never want to go to another concert kind of thing. But they played. He played all acoustic stuff. He played "Hurt," nice. the Nine Inch Nails Johnny slash um, like the Johnny Cash version. Uh, Johnny Cash cover. Um, yeah, can't help falling in love. Elvis Presley, of course. Hallelujah, which everyone kind of plays. Um, um, all my loving by the Beatles. They played. Uh, he played. Um, That's really a bunch cool. of Trivium songs. Uh, what was? Yeah, they played uh, "Burn Butcher Burn," um, which I don't know what it's from, but it sounded very. Uh, uh, very toss a coin to your Witcher style music, and they actually play. And he actually played toss a coin to your Witcher because he does an awesome cover of it. If you look up Matt Heafy, H E I H E A F Y, um, look up his uh, cover of toss a coin to your Witcher. It's great. Um, and then they played. Uh, it was a lot of cool stuff. So it was really cool. He was telling stories. He was. He does. Um, he does a stream as well on uh, under Matt K Matthew K Heafy on Twitch, where he just plays guitar and takes requests from fans and stuff. Um, this concert is actually available online, but um, if you are interested in helping kids and building a music therapy room at a local hospital, um, then try track it down on Twitch and you can donate to Metal and Honey. And it's a good that's very deed, cool because that's what I did. You work at a pretty cool place. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. It's pretty neat. You never know what you never know what's going to happen. What's who's going to look in your classroom? I've had Triple H look in my classroom. I've had uh, the guys that come and help you when your car breaks down look in your classroom. Uh, 
Yes, Cam Newton. No, it's no. triple A. It's a football AAA. player. <laughs> ahead. Uh, I promise not, not to talk too. anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just see myself out. You're just on the podcast to look pretty. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's failing so on all that's accounts. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but anyway, that actually sounds really cool. Um, <clears throat> so I think most people know that Florida is an interesting place. Um, so our Florida man story is actually a Florida woman story this week. Um, have you ever been so angry at somebody that you just want to throw (laughs) delicious food items at them? Have you guys ever experienced that? No, (laughs) No. not at all. I would never be so mad at someone that I would want to throw. Well, this woman was arrested for hurling. Yeah. I don't believe I've ever thrown food at anyone other than like, you know. I've been so angry. Random piece of popcorn if you see a right. friend in front of you. I've been so mad that I would eat a burger, but I've never thrown a burger. Like, that's ridiculous. A Florida woman was arrested for hurling uncooked steak at her boyfriend of 20 years. And my thought is, if they've been together 20 years and he hasn't proposed yet, fair enough. But let's see. She threw the steak because she had grown tired of his behavior and they're arguing. The Florida woman was arrested Saturday, uh, Sunday, after hurling a piece of meat at her boyfriend of 20 years. She's 40. Oh, my God. Rochelle Wright, 42, is facing a domestic assault charge, according to the uh, a criminal complaint. That That's is a rough, a rough 42, 42, right? 42. She's not doing well. But there, 20 years. There's, There's got to be more to that. For sure. Though. Because, I mean, what kind of an asshole... Calls the cops over somebody just throwing a steak at you. I mean, you know, aside from it being a disastrous waste of a good steak, I mean... (laughs) Was the steak knife stuck through it? Well, so they have a child together. They They got into an argument and they were, quote, intoxicated, um... So she became angry and threw an uncooked piece of steak at him while he was sitting on a chair. The steak missed, hit the armrest. Right, it It hit the chair and the wall behind him. (laughs) Eventually, eventually, she admitted to throwing the steak because she was tired of his behavior, and they're arguing. She was arrested and booked into the county jail on a misdemeanor charge, and she was released the next day on her own recognizance. But like. What sort? I agree with but, you. Like, what? What but, else is I, happening that like this dude called the cops? Because it's not like there was cops around. Well, no. I mean, no. I mean, but she didn't this, even hit him. Where? Where's the crime? You threw a piece of steak in but, his direction. But then, it, but then that begs the question: I mean, like, what else is going on with them? Still a crime. And then that also begs the question: if you're someone happy, just leave. Why aren't you just leaving? Just go away. Like, separate. I feel like this is one of those stories where, like, we hear the story and she'll say, like, I'm tired of his behavior. And then you're like, oh, we don't know that part. Like, well, what was he doing? You'd be like, oh, well, you know, he slept with my sister. 
uh, keyed my car, did this and whatever, but she's the one that gets in trouble. It's like the, the football thing. They always catch the person that retaliates. Right. But you're right. That could be it. Sure. We don't well, know. This is all allegedly. But see, that's the thing. How is it? I still don't understand how it's still It's weird. Crime. I don't know. It's still assault. It is assault. If you're feeling threatened, it's assault. But I've never been threatened by a piece of steak, though. And that's all you need on a steak is just a little bit of assault. Nice. And maybe some pepper. That was good. Sometimes on my steak, I like a little bit of, like, blue cheese melted on there. But I don't like to be... And see, that's part of the problem with our legal system is that you can just interpret things wrong and... or. I mean, you could say, well, I felt threatened even though they weren't even talking to you and still have somebody arrested. But I mean, I think that's why she was released the next day on her own recognizance. Like, it's kind of like, well, you threw food. Like, it's not. It's a weird story. It's a. <laughs> have you ever been in a food fight? I mean, I kids say. do that in a cafeteria. Yeah, haven't you ever been in a six? Nobody gets cafeteria? arrested. Well, uh, food fights are fun. I mean, Jesus. I. If these people had a dog, it was the best day of the dog's life. It was the worst day of that woman's the life dog was like, Fuck and that yeah, dude's life, but the best day of the dog's life. So, Can you throw some barbecue sauce? <laughs> Where's the steak? And there's a dog in the corner like... <laughs> and what dipshit calls a cop because somebody threw a steak, a steak in your and direction? And I mean, here's the thing. The truth you. is, with this story, we're getting one tiny snapshot of their entire weird lives. Yeah. Right? I mean, we don't really know the full extent of... I'm not going to defend... Oh, I'm not defending either of them. What I'm, All I'm saying is, we don't really know the full story, is essentially, is what I'm... What my, my point, right? What I'm saying is, is this is a, this is an abuse <laughs> of our tax What I'm saying <laughs> is, that was a good stink. <laughs> the fact that they even responded yeah, to this. That's fair. That's fair, too. That's fair. And that someone was arrested and put in put in jail. On yeah, our tax I mean it's dollars. kind of a waste of time for the people involved. Yeah, I mean I don't disagree. Those police officers could like have been thing, responding like to an actual That's assault. That's fair. Like literally, the story that's bookmarked inside of there is a naked Florida man willing machete tried to steal another man's clothes. Yes, and he was probably <laughs> successful because they were out dealing with steak lady. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> and it's not, and you know, it's not steak lady who called the cops. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird world, man. I don't. I mean, I don't even know where to go with it. Not. To, I've never going to Tarpon not Springs. To Tarpon Springs. I've never no been. To to that I know. Ever. Have we ever been to Tarpon Springs? No. That sounds like a bad Tarkin, idea. I don't know. I'm sure I have. I've been to some weird places in Florida. I usually Google the names of the people that are on here just to make sure that I don't know them. <laughs> I have a pretty diverse friend base. Some guy named Rob threw a steak at someone and he's in jail now. <laughs> he would not do that. That's the thing. I we would eat that. the steak. We'd no, be like, leave. I would but eat I'm it. I'm going to cook the steak and eat it. Like, back off. Yeah. I'm so mad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I've been mad enough to like and eat not a steak respond to you out of just frustration. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yes, okay. Let's well, let, let's. I do want to revisit something here. Um, Prey is doing very well. I don't know exact numbers here, but we all liked Prey, loved it, and 
it was kind of this like surprise revitalization of the Predator franchise. If you guys have not watched it, it's on Hulu. Uh, watch it. It's fun. It's good. Um, I think it's pretty much mostly well done. Uh, likely a direct sequel will come from this, but um, a couple little factoids. This is the number one most original um, a Hulu original, according to Disney, because Disney owns Hulu. Um, so, or I, I guess they own, yeah, I guess they do. So it's the number one most watched original picture on on Hulu. Um, that's good. Uh, Sari is the dog in the movie. Mm-hmm. Sari being the word for dog, by the way. Comanche. In, uh, what, in uh, Comanche. I don't know if that's the actual language name, but either way. Um, was placed in the movie. The character was created, the dog character, based because they wanted a, a character based on the cattle dog from, Man Ma- from Mad cool. Max 2, which I thought was kind of neat. Oh, nice. Uh, the dog's real name is Coco and had no previous acting experience, but took to it so that well they added awesome. more scenes with the dog. So cool. Yeah. Um, and the dog is a rescue. It was adopted from a – so it was not a trained dog. It was just a rescue dog that they thought had the look that they wanted. Nice. Um, and they rescued it from Fulton County Animal Services, and that's awesome. So go to – if you are, I guess, I'm assuming in Georgia – um, go to Fulton County Animal Services and uh, rescue a dog, and then maybe <laughs> you could have it fight off a predator. <laughs> if things are going well, you'll be attacked by a predator. <laughs> no, no guarantees. That's you know, but I would rather have a dog with me if I was fighting a predator than That's not have a dog. Very so, cool. Yeah, uh, Dakota, the actor Dakota right. Beavers is the brother in this. Uh, that was his very first acting gig. Uh, he is a musician slash actor. His family moved from their uh, reservation actually to Nashville to because they figured it'd be closer to the music. Um, uh, he said basically he's been working at TJ Maxx. That's really cool up until this role. So he's in this hugely yeah, he successful was movie. Like, and he's he was he pulled just it a off. guy. Like he was he was great in that role. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So this actually got me thinking a little bit, and I was. I was trying to think because and I've been thinking of this since uh, the Eternals, actually, because I think one of the best thing about the Eternals was finally seeing like the walls of Babylon on screen and stuff like that, like things that you don't that you hear described but you've never actually seen in movies. Because a lot of movies tend to go to the same time periods, right? Like mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen like Industrial Revolution or v- Victorian era England a lot. Um, we've seen uh, World War Two a lot, some of World War One. Um, even the Revolutionary War hasn't really been covered too much, but um, I really thought it was kind of interesting to see yeah. it when the Patriot came out. But mm-hmm. even though it was like 100% over the top and kind of silly at times, but at the same time, it was neat seeing some of the stuff that we've seen in like history class or like when you go to those reenactment things. But um, so one of the things that I thought was like, well, what other. Or no, sorry. I saw a thing that was like also online because I was thinking, what other movies could they make like this? And someone said they wanted. Um, they think that all remakes yep. of films they should do this. You know, you know, just go go back in history, pick a time period, and just as they said, this is um, a stressed underscore Ashley said. Prey realizes the best way to make a good Predator film is just take any genre time period and just throw a fucking Predator in there. Comanche's fucking a predator. Fucking, sorry. Fighting a predator. 
I would really watch the other two. <laughs> fighting a predator. Cool. Nine. <laughs> well, if it's a predator, maybe I don't need to see someone. I think maybe you should get some advice. <laughs> True. Uh, cool. 1950s gangsters up against one? Sure. Et cetera, et cetera. So um, this one person, Paul Klein, who I don't know who they are, but they pitched a movie in one sentence, 30 characters or whatever Twitter uses. Um, Hiroki Sonata, and you know him if you saw him, as a ronin who attempts to redeem himself by protecting a small village from a predator who fashioned, who fashioned a mask in a kabuki style, all in Japanese. So basically, um, the predator kills his master, so he becomes a ronin, yep. and he has to fight a predator. What a, and a predator fucking is, great idea. And I was like, yep. I need and Hiroyuki Sonata, um, you might know him. He was the lead in the most recent uh, Mortal Kombat movie. He was um, he's has a part in Bullet Train, right? And uh, he's been in a bunch of other stuff. You saw him. He's one he of was, those. He was, was, ah, yes. Yeah. In the most recent uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So we're going to do the question a bit early this time, and we're going to do it a little bit different. Real quick, Greg, did you see that he also yes. has a uh, uh, miniseries coming up? Oh, does he? He does. Yeah. He's uh, he's in a TV miniseries. It's currently in post production. It's due out next year. Uh, whoa, Shogun. whoa, whoa! They're redoing Shogun. Ooh. I wonder if it's based on the book. Uh, there's ten episodes. So Shogun was a book. Maybe, maybe. came out in the seventies. Set in the 17th century, the story is told from the perspective of British hero John Blackthorne, a sailor who rises from outsider to samurai while being used as a pawn in Japanese leader something or other. I think that's Japanese leader Toranaga's struggle to reach it the top. It is 100% of the world chain based on the book. The book was absolutely amazing, and there's an early 80s or maybe late 70s uh, miniseries that was based on the book. It is so. Good. I don't oh my God, know the actual facts. I don't know the actual facts of this, but that book was on my grandmother's nightstand in her place in Pittsburgh. But it wasn't her nightstand. It was my grandfather's nightstand. I think that's – and I don't know this for fact or whatever. It was just there for a way longer time because he died in the one month after I was born. But – that book was on his nightstand that for like years um, in her room. So I'm wondering if he was reading it like not when Interesting. he died, but you know, at the same time period. So I've always, I've actually always wanted to read it, but I have not had a chance. And Hiroyuki actually plays Toranaga. That book, that story Toranaga. is so good. It is so well written. I, I recommend that book for anybody. It's fantastic. Oh, time. oh well, my God. It's due out next year on FX. Oh man, that's amazing. Sweet. So, so we're going to do our top five early this time. We're going to do it a little different. Mm. Because, one, <laughs> we've been doing this for 254 episodes and more. So it's really hard to come up with top five, top five lists. We're this far away from, like, top five things that are currently in Rob's pocket. <laughs> um, we're, we're that close. But one of the things I did want to think is what time periods would you like to see – a predator movie take place during. I think we Absolutely. all can agree that, that that samurai one would be badass for sure. Yeah, feudal Japan, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, I actually have a couple of others ones. I mean, you, you almost, you almost hit one of the ones that I had come up with, Greg. Um, but I went 1920s gangster instead of 1950s. Like gangster. Tommy guns and stuff. Ooh. That's cool. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I'm writing these down as we go. I, uh, how awesome would it be to see a, uh, in something where you would actually end up rooting for the predator, watching a predator tear through uh, Nazi Germany? Interesting. We get interested. They have done zombies in Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. and so that, that it would definitely be interesting. Um, I do think, and again, this might also be the kind of that reverse thing too, where you're kind of rooting for the predator. And we, because we don't really want to glorify the Crusades, but I think a the a Crusades thing where they believe that the predator is in fact the devil, or oh, that's kind really of good, yeah. yeah, would be kind of fun. That was so like, that was one of the ones I'd written down. That's really as well. good. And how about how about a predator dropped into um. Ancient uh, Sparta. That's I. The first thing I wrote down was Sparta. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I wrote Spartan. Yep. Like from the movie Three Hundred. I want to see. Yeah, I wrote Sparta slash Athenian, like Athens, because it's the same. Like they were badasses too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ah, like that would be awesome. Like just like so good. Kind of cool. Like there's just certain things, like certain battle. strategies that you see back then you know where everyone's like in one straight line and just the predator throws his like little flying blade thing and just everyone's heads fall off and they're like <laughs> retreat <laughs> We've got except that. that the spartans are all behind their shields. but it would be cool because they're such yeah. like they don't retreat like that they don't that's awesome yeah that would be really good and you can i can see i mean that one i could see the opening i guess is, is it where's were there gladiators the gladiator were that time? A little bit later, but basically, Rome. essentially the same time. Okay, so like gladiator thing, like and then imagine two just, gladiators yeah. fighting. One of them wins, and the predator is like, "Oh, there's a, there's the champion," and immediately appears. So you think he would like appear watching like in the arena from the corner of the thing? Ooh, there's there's another one where the the predator actually has to right. fight in the Colosseum. Yeah, like say the predator's been captured. And has to Ooh. fight in the Colosseum. Like Predator versus a lion. Predator versus like <clears throat> everything in the Colosseum. Now, are there any time periods that have not that we don't know about? Because I know we have So I when it comes to here. like top fives, <clears throat> um I did what I what I have been doing um on and off lately, and I'm never disappointed. I went to uh my uh, my love and I talked to Teresa and I asked her her idea, and she's a genius. So check this out. Her idea, this is so good. <laughs> and then, like, we kind of talked it through. A predator in the time of the pharaohs, right? And ancient Egypt. Okay, so ancient. And there's and in ancient Egypt, there's actually a lot of like really interesting and um, uh, there's a lot of like weapons and and war ty- war type developments that happen 
um, at that time, like what you, what you would think of like ancient Egyptian times, like chariots get made better. They move the wheels on a chariot from like the center toward the back of the chariot, which adds to its stability. They come up with these amazing techniques um, on how to like build the bows for bows and arrows. Um, they do all this really cool stuff, but so you could kind of, you could sort of implement that into it, just like in the movie Prey, where the Frenchman give her a, a give that French guy gives her a gun, and the Comanches end up becoming like really, really like expert weapons, the experts with weapons, like at a full gallop on a horse. But anyway, so you could sort of integrate that into the Egyptian thing as well. And then my idea, I think our idea, we were talking it through. At the end, some existing ancient hieroglyphics that we have now, we find out that we were wrong about what it meant. And it was really referring to a predator visiting. And and then like, so that's their way of like, of uh, uh memorializing or like keeping a history that there was a predator there. And so like the original hieroglyphic is, is, is um, interpreted in one way. And we find out that we were wrong. It, it had to do with a predator, but I think that would be fucking awesome. Like that would be so cool. I like I, I <laughs> right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I, I'm, I'd be in, and I could see like the predator with like gold uh, inlays and stuff on his, uniform because oh and then so oh so then that would be that's a really good idea so then that would be what influenced the look that we think of when we think of the pharaohs in that that time period it was taken from the predator is that what you're saying what about i i like that i think that might be number two because i think we all agree that number one would be yeah i agree with that number feudal japan's awesome uh, for guilty pleasures, what about a um, what about a predator showing up <laughs> at Woodstock in '69 and just Half killing a million him people? Scores of hippies at Woodstock. <laughs> this is NPR News. <laughs> <laughs> I took the brown acid, then I saw this invisible dude with like a spear, man. Another that was crazy <laughs> moon unit, and then moon unit's head fell off, man. She wasn't born yet, but that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Moon Unit is Frank Zappa's daughter. <laughs> That's actually her name. It's <laughs> true. Um, a couple other ones that I thought would be cool would be like Genghis Khan, um, Aztecs, and the Incas. Yeah, I thought about that one too. I was thinking about like Ooh, some kind cool. of like Siberian setting. Like, would would like a snowfield negate the predators? Um, like that's true because the, the yeah so something yeah, like like uh, czarist like Russia. during the revolution in in 1917 that's pretty good yeah, but be because awesome. you could do things like where the um the snow or like a snowstorm like negates his invisibility however the snowstorm makes it difficult to see anything anyway so he's still kind of got the invisibility, just not the same way that he normally has it. I think he would. Yeah, that's true. No, um, I see what you're saying. Teresa had another good idea. She said, what about if um, but I'd be curious one to with see... like cavemen? Look, you could even go back that far. I, 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 I think that with cavemen, it would be, it would be even more. 
it would be even more off balanced than what I uh, I, I agree with that. that I, I don't disagree to be. I I I think that one would be right. far more because they're but it was it's a cool idea like it's a really outside the box thinking which is why I bring it up. You know. Yeah. Just, oh fuck yeah. The difference in I have technology. An idea. I I found the perfect one. A, a predator starts a company. Or a predator goes to a company that lets him travel back in time to hunt a dinosaur right before a volcano explodes. So it doesn't change. If something the time. goes wrong? Is that what you're implying? <laughs> he steps something off goes the wrong path and steps off the path. And what it if we call it a sound of the butterfly effect? No. No, that's wrong. No. Uh, sound, sound of uh, Predator. No. If, watch that be the one they actually make. Some like, producer is like, there's this podcast. They have this really good idea. No one has the rights to this old movie, Sound of Thunder, anymore. Let's, uh... There's a reason. Like we have this perfect script for this Japanese one, and we've signed all the actors and all that. But it's funny that you like said that because Teresa even mentioned something about like <laughs> the predators because they the the way that they look. If they could go back to like the time of the dinosaurs, and something with like DNA and like alligator DNA or something, and that's why they look the way they do. Obviously, we're just spitballing. You know, I've, clearly we're you know. But I thought that. But it's funny that you said the dinosaur thing, even though you were making. Kind of a hurtful joke. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so we're going to close this out here, uh, as Omar calls his therapist, because um, of, of my hurtful joke. Uh, number one, feudal Japan. Number two, we liked... Uh, ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt. I think number um, three would probably either Sparta. be Crusades or uh, Sparta. Let's go with Crusades. Either one oh. would be good. Okay, we'll go three, three Crusades, four Sparta, and then we've got either gangsters or the the um, World War Two one, or World War Two or the uh, the Siberia cool. Russian Revolution. I think the Russian Revolution one would be cool. Yeah, I really oh, want to see good. Rasputin versus Predator. That's right. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. With the other one that I came up with, giant which is my honorable penis. mention, if I can throw that in, is. A predator in the time of Dracula. I have to throw that in because it's my people. Ooh. That's or what I'm predator saying. Predator yeah. against Dracula, right? Because Dracula was a real person, so you Take could throw money. that in historically too. And he and he led an army. No, no, no. We're we're, we're doing vampires. <laughs> we're freaking doing vampires. You shut up. All right, fine, fine. That's that's fair. <laughs> All this talk about real person Dumbass bullshit. history shit. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah Dude, that that's is a little like hurtful. Omar's cousin. You guys are really. You're gonna. You guys are really yeah, like. It's two, two yeah, in a row. No, like I don't like what's happening we're, today. We're I'm, I'm, I'm not. I just don't feel safe. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> we probably assaulted you. We did. Okay, we are moving on. That was. Our top five, uh, let's see, we did Feudal Japan. I sort of wrote this down. Mm -hmm. um, Feudal Japan was number one. Number two was Egypt. Number three was the Crusades. Number four was Sparta. And number five was some sort of Russian Rasputin. revolution slash pre-World War One pre or is it pre or post? The Russian revolution pre was started during World War One, but it ended a couple of years after. It was 
depending on if you're talking about the um, okay. Bolsheviks, the the whites or the reds, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was during the, but, yeah. all the czars getting killed. It can, it continued after that because there was the revolutionaries had their own revolution afterwards because they couldn't figure out who's going to rule, and the reds won. Our our history teacher that had a legitimate crush on uh, <laughs> Anastasia. <laughs> nah, she died in a basement in Siberia. But anyway, Anastasia. Moving on, Anastasia. Fair enough. Yeah. What did we watch this week? What did we do? Okay. Oh wow, this. Is the... What direction do we want to run in? Um, I think there was a uh, a spinoff, wasn't there, Greg? This is insane because I was not, I had no idea this existed. Um. I'm going to talk about the tales of The Walking Dead because I – with most shows on TV, I just know they exist by my DVR recording them. Uh, I know when a new season starts. Like, it's like, oh, look, this started again, right? Or the ads at the top of streaming stuff. But apparently there's a new show called Tales of the Walking Dead, which they actually logged correctly as just Walking Dead on um, – like DirecTV DVR thing, so that it actually recorded it for me because it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen it if not. So I was like, okay, what well, you know, I was working this afternoon. Let's see what this is. So Tales of the Walking Dead, it is, um, their rec- what they say, a, um, oops, um, shoot, sorry, I switched to the, the actual episode versus the previous, the actual story here. There we go. Uh, an episodic anthology that will follow individual characters from the Walking Dead TV universe, both new and old. So you'll see some old characters. You'll see some new ones. Um, I was like, okay, am I going to really want to get into this? And then I saw very close up on their face when I, as soon as I started the episode, I saw one of Robin yep. and I's favorite actors yeah, of all I time, Terry Crews. Oh, yeah. I was like, What? So it went from this is something I will put on in the background exactly. of what I'm working to well because I'm watching <laughs> this, um, and it is a lot of Terry Crews, and that is a good thing. It is one of those um, he's in a bunker and you kind of follow his life for a little while, so it's him and a Doberman Pinscher um, for probably the first 15 minutes of the episode or so. And if that episode was seven hours long and I got to watch Terry Crews okay. hang out with a Doberman yep. Pinscher for 17 hours, I would still be watching it. He's awesome. <laughs> Because um, so he is a he's in a bunker. He is uh, he's got this dog. They show they do the thing where they kind of show him waking up every day and doing the same kind of things. And he's he is some sort of mechanic or construction worker. So he's definitely set himself up with he's got a pretty good life. Um, at a certain point, the dog gets older and 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 dies. But the, actually, the dog gets is older and he has to carry the dog out to go to the bathroom and then zombies attack. And he makes this really kind of ingenious like trap for the zombies where basically he stands in the middle of a circle and pulls a thing and like all these like pitchforks and stuff like pop out of the ground in like a circle around him. But one of the zombies gets through it and, and kills the dog. So now he's sad. Um, he eventually comes across another huge actress, Olivia Munn, who is Evie. Yeah, so it's it's basically Terry Crews and Olivia Munn on like a road trip. Wow. Um, she's like super, um, you know, organic vegan type, not overly hot, but she just is. And she doesn't really trust him. He doesn't really trust her, but he's actually way more trust. He's way more trustworthy because we know 
other characters in the show, how they act and stuff, and he's normal. Um, he apparently had in the past been texting or chatting with some woman that had the a similar bunker than his. Like, they bought it from the same company. Mm-hmm. So he knew he was going to try to find her. That's kind of why he left. And he found this other woman, and they decide to, they eventually go. There's other things that happen. Um, it was really good. Really? Like, I very much enjoyed it. It had, it told one little concise story. Um, something we've, you know, we talked about. We were, were we actually on the air when we were bitching about we Twilight? Were. I don't think we were. Well, if we were talking about, I don't think we were talking about Twilight then, but if we were. Um, we were talking about Twilight before we hit record, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, like, I cared about these characters way more than I did with other ones. Um, there's some twists at the end, because, you know, horror and zombies and stuff like that have to be some little twists. Um, twist is a little over the top, which I didn't like quite as much, but I enjoyed the journey to get to there. And I think I'm going to like this show. Like, I, it's actually one of the things I kind of wanted Walking Dead to do because Walking Dead did a bunch of these like one shot comics when the when the series became super popular and had its bit of characters. Um, they would take side characters and do like a Christmas episode featuring someone or something else, and I was like, that's kind of what I want with this show because the show always looks the same. And if they do a Christmas episode, they'll be forced to do an episode with snow, like things that you don't see. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think this is a really good option. To kind of tie this over, because I believe the the end of Walking Dead yeah, is there's only a over. couple episodes left. No, it's oh, ending now. Oh, it's not over yet. Yeah, they did like a, they split the season, so the end of it starts like October second or something like that. Um, October is going to be huge, man. There's that. There's interview with vampires. There's a bunch of stuff. But the cast, like on all of these episodes, is if you like really like look through it. Let me see if I can. Who else is in this? It's all there's a lot of big names. It's so like it's a lot of people wanted to have some fun. Oh, nice! So this um, is just an anthology. Parker, Parker Posey's in it. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea Ruder, Terry Crews, Kirsty Bryan, Samantha Morton, Jillian Bell, Matt Madrano. Those are just the ones that are listing at the moment. But awesome. Who's the I, um? Oh, what's that? What's that comedian's name? The uh. The the blonde girl, um, she's not. She's not here. She's she's a comedian. Um, Ellen. No. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, I'll, I'll. I don't know. Young, old. Um. Young, kind of. Um, God, what was she in? Not the one that was in that movie with, with John Cena. Not the one from Trainwreck, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, God, I can't remember her name. She's uh, like, if you look at the uh, if you look at the video on IMDb, the the one that plays when you look up. The Tales of the Walking Dead. She's all over it, and I can. I mean, yeah. Jesse T. Usher is going to be in it. Oh, nice! He is. Uh, he's A Train from the Boys. 
either way, it's um I enjoyed it. If you like the Walking Dead universe and if you like uh little quick horror stories with like a little bit of a twist, I'm assuming all of the episodes will be like that. Um I was kind of riveted for an hour this afternoon. Jillian so. Bell. I don't know if I know her. If you saw her, you would know her. Um uh, let's see. What's what's the one that she was in? Um Brittany runs a marathon. She played the title le- the title role in that. Yeah, didn't see that. And Bill and Ted face the music. Yep. Okay, well we got to move on. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, what's last? I think we got one last thing. Day shift. I'm not finished that. So, tread it carefully. So, well, I mean, you know, it, I mean. It's it's vampires. You know the good guys win. Yeah. What did you, um, Rob? You saw it, right? I did. I did. Uh, Day Shift actually is on Netflix. It was released on August twelfth of twenty twenty two. It's directed by J.J. Perry. It does star Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, Natasha Leo Bordizo, Megan Good, Carlos Souza, Steve Howie, Scott Adkins, Oliver Masucci, Snoop Dogg. Eric Lang, Peter Stormare, uh, Zion Brodnax. The basic synopsis is a hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted eight-year-old daughter. His mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, which is hunting and killing vampires. Um, I don't know about you guys. I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, it, first of all, Snoop Dogg is a vampire hunting cowboy. Yeah, sign me up. That was great. I loved it. Yeah, I loved that character. I mean, it, he plays a uh, Big J. I believe is the name of the character. Um, he isn't the focus of the movie, but it's fun to watch him go at it. I mean, he he, he does have um, one or two pretty good fight scenes. Um, and it was it was just it was just fun to watch. He he was uh. He was super entertaining. Um, they've got they've got a lot of really, really good and creative fight sequences, and and I'm talking about like with the vampires. Um, I don't think I've ever seen them do do vampire combat this way. And it's it's kind of like a it's it's a new it's a new angle with like the vampires being almost like circus contortionists who were supremely agile. Um, it was, it was weird. It was interesting to watch, but actually it flowed pretty well. It wasn't bad. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad. It was different, but it kind of worked. And I think a large reason for that was because the choreography of the fights was so good. It was well done. And the weird, the weird contortion things just kind of flowed. It it wasn't like they, it wasn't like it was jarring. It wasn't like they had to stop the fight for the vampire to do this weird shit. You know, I mean, it was just, it was all part of the fight, and it just flowed naturally. So it really made it, it made it interesting to watch because you were like, oh, oh wait, what? Okay, all right, all right, yeah. Um, I think it one I, the, the least believable one, I think was at one point, there's a vampire who's pinned to a countertop and they reach with their toe 
and pull out a knife and they flip their feet over their head and they were sword fighting with the knife between their toes. And it was like, okay, that might be a stretch. I can do that. But the way they ended that sequence was hilarious. So I don't care. It was great. Now, uh, I did step away momentarily to pee. So I apologize if I missed it. If I repeat myself, um, the opening fight, like the first vampire fight, mm-hmm. uh, you were talking about contortionists and people getting bent and the right. old lady and all that stuff. That really gave me very strong, like, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 vibes. Yeah. Like, not... It was close, but it was more of a inspired by, not a direct homage. Right. But... And that scene was really the only one that was like that. I mean, there were others that were... Um, would you agree, Omar? I mean, the my favorite one, which was the which was the Hive one. Um, oh yeah, that that fight scene was not as Evil Dead like as that first mm-hmm. fight scene. I thought the, I saw the Hive battle. Um, okay, I have thirty minutes left. I thought I I liked the Hive battle. They they did a little bit of a thing where the the vampires um, became easier to kill as the story depended on it. Mm-hmm. Because there were some vampires that like could take any sort of damage, then there's a couple other ones that would take a shot to the chest and just stay down. Right, the the yeah. shotgun to the chest. Yeah, and other times like you would they would stand up and you would see the the wound heal. Now, now they could have gone through that and it been different types of vampires because they did mention. Different I was going to say they did actually address that because they were talking about the five different types, um, and what was it? Ubers, spiders, Easterns, um. Southern uh, something, something else and yeah, juveniles and they talk specifically about the juveniles how they don't have the ability to regenerate so because they're young vampires right well because they were they were turned by young vampires Someone who so was they, young right so they don't have the full complement of vampire powers so while they are still vampires and they 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 kind of resemble like the dead a little bit more than some of the others um they they do have differing levels of of power, so to speak, in the different. And they tend to eat cats, right? And the in the different types of vampires, which was which was an interesting change to the vampire lore. Mm-hmm. So, so there was some of that, and and even some of the vampires, you could cut their head off, and and it wouldn't kill them. Yeah, I thought this um, was very entertaining. So any complaints that I have, um, or I'm going to say minor, but there, I would say if there was a major complaint. There was a character I really didn't like in this. I thought it was severely overacted. Are you talking about Dave Franco's character? I'm. Yep. That's Dave what Franco. I thought. I, I, I loved his character, though. <sighs> he just too over the top, and then it changed periodically where he switched out of being a complete wuss. You know, he was a he pissed himself every time he saw a vampire. There's he. In, they insisted on having the character have a shirt buttoned up to the top, I guess, to show that he was like a, a tight wad because he right, was like the, the rules guy. Uh-huh. Like he was the the quote-unquote IRS agent or the union rep is what they called him. Uh, basically, he was sent to follow Jamie Foxx around because Jamie Foxx was a vampire hunter, but he was not part of the union, so he didn't get enough money because he would break the rules. Dave Franco was there to make sure that he didn't break the rules, but they had him do a nerd voice. And his shirt was buttoned all the way up, and he was complete. Was and then there was a few times where all of a sudden he was like a semi badass for just for a few minutes, and then he went back to being a nerd. 
And it just that was the one thing that pulled me out. Like that's like a good point. When uh, before his fate, there was a couple times where he was like, I forget when it was. But he, he sort was, of starts to come out of it, and then he's back into it. But, but I didn't realize was, that until you said. But that. he that's was. True. I, I I didn't even catch it because for me he was pretty inept. Like in the two big battles that I remember, the one in the bowling alley, and then the one in the in the hive. He was pretty inept in like all of them. It wasn't a battle sequence. It was like he was talking to someone about something, and he was like, "No, this is what's going to happen." Or I forget exactly when it was, but I was like, "It was just a completely different characterization for a person that was, you know, like hmm. wetting himself ten minutes before." Um, I'll. I sort of felt. I mean, this is the fact that I watched it at two a.m. Not. That it was bad, but I sort of kind of fell asleep on it. Well, but the, I want to say that there were parts where when he was, that's what it was, he was talking about stuff that he knew. He was really good with the, with the information, but he was not so good with the action. So, like, when, when, um when Jamie Foxx's character challenged him on the different types of vampires, he could spit out the information and he was, and he was, he was the book. He was an intellectual badass is what they were getting at. Like he knew information. He, he could, he could give you like all of the statutes. He could give you all of the regulations. He could give you all of the background information, all of the book smarts. But when it came, when it came to actually doing things like, like cleaning out the hive or, or, you know, shooting a vampire. He was completely useless. And I think that that tracked through the entire movie. I don't think that they that they That's stepped true. out. I don't think I'll, they... try, I'll try to find it. It okay. was definitely I don't think it was an information. It was just I just thought he overplayed it. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just that was the one thing that I that I took away. I was like, well, it's he's a little much. And see, I um, I loved it. Like the the scene where he pees his pants the second time when the the <laughs> contortionist vampire comes out of the uh, comes out of the uh, the air handler or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and he's trying to fire his gun and he's like, "My gun's not working." He's like, "Take the safety off." My gun's not working. Take the safety off. My gun's not working. And then he pees himself and he's like, "Oh come on!" Oh, it made me there was laugh. some. I like the weapons aspect. I like some of the, like you know, this is this grenade is sawdust and garlic powder, and they'll scatter, yeah. and just some of those things were really cool. And some of the, I like the one dude that, I, I like the brothers, the one guy the, that the Nasiri like brothers, the yeah. ones that were like the uh, the mob guys from Hawkeye. Yeah. Hey, bro. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Love them. Jamie Foxx was great, of course. Um, Did you notice a lot of the shit that the brothers were doing? Like, like, like he would say, I'm out. And then the guy would like plant a knife in a vampire's head with the magazine, holding the magazine. And the guy would walk past and slam the magazine into the, yeah, cause they were like, we share everything. And then at one point, yeah, he grabbed, they were fighting in the kitchen or whatever. And he grabbed the, the, the magazine from his backpack and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I thought the, I thought the, the one bullet thing was, was kind of, was a little bit over the top, but I was like, ah, whatever. Oh, uh, where this he like fun. did the split and caught it. Where he he launched the one bullet into the air. The guy did a backward or a backwards flip or a frontwards flip and caught it in the chamber. And in the chamber the of the gun, and fired it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, eh, but it was the same okay, thing as the. That. 
It was the same thing as the, with the same brothers where when before they go in the house, they go, do you have another piece of gum? And he spits it in the air and the other guy catches it in his mouth. We share he, everything. He, he, we share everything. I was like, oh my God, that's so weird. <laughs> and did you see that that paid off? They actually used that? Did you catch that? No. He spit the in gum? the vampire's face the yeah, garlic he gum. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. He spits in the vampire's face and it burns his face. Yeah. Um, there was that the one the one fight. I don't know if you guys mentioned this while I stepped away, but the one fight where you they show part of the sequence in front of a mirror and he's fighting with just clothes. Yeah, that was that first fight scene that you were talking yeah, yeah. about. Uh, yeah, but I just it was just a cool. Yeah. It was a cool visual. Yeah. Um. This movie, you you guys are correct. This movie did have some different things. The one, especially that first fight scene with the older lady, to me, like you said, Evil Dead, like it was reminiscent of Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. To me, I thought of um, just straight up like Exorcist, because it had oh, that I, sort of like physical, yeah, the the movement with the weird, you know, or or uh, any like the spider crawl, or the yeah, crawl. yeah, exactly, any any sort of like exorcism movie. Um, so it was cool how they did a little bit of a twist, um, on vampire lore. Um, and you guys were mentioning weapons. They do mention at one point, like, well, we have wooden bullets for the heart and silver bullets for the, like, I think he said the, for the neck or for the head or something like that, well, which I thought was kind of cool. He too. was actually, he was actually re- referencing the silver wire that he used. Silver. For I the love neck. that. The yes, silver so wire so- thing. I loved. Yes. That was great. That was kick ass. Ting. Yeah, that was cool. Um, One thing I. For those of you guys out there, he puts a wire across a door frame. So he kills one vampire, the other one runs towards him to try to get him and cuts his own head off by running through a wire. Right. Very well done. One thing I will say is Peter Stormare is such a great actor. He's such a great character actor. I wish that he was in it more. Um, So I was kind of like, oh, man, I was was a little bummed. But. it was a fun movie. I remember, like, as I was watching it, I I didn't have any problem moving on to other things and then coming back to it. It didn't captivate me like that. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. It was fun. It was like mm-hmm. a fun type of vibe. Um, I honestly think it's one that you can just watch the fight scenes and kind of understand everything. Correct. You, yeah, it's fun. You, you're not missing anything if you miss some of the dialogue or some of the plot points. It's just, it's just a fun, kick-ass, whatever movie. Um, I mean, I definitely recommend watching the whole thing. I, I really, for sure, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it did very well, by the way, on Netflix. And and Snoop, I mean, Snoop Dogg is a vampire hunting cowboy. Come on, it's yeah, he's pretty funny. I like his character, and I like the twist with his character. And it took me a second to realize where the end line came from. What did, when he at the end when he pops up? Yeah. Did what? You catch that? Is it, no. What did you say? The thing that I love about Los Angeles: all the damn vampires. No. What is that from? That was that was one of the. I think it was an end line, um, or like right around the end of the Lost Boys. That's what the grandfather said. The one thing I never uh, could stand about uh, Santa, Santa Carla, was all the damn vampires. Interesting. The one, the one thing about living in Sarla, Santa Carla, I could never stomach all the damn vampires. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't catch that. I haven't seen Lost Boys in 
25 years. Because when he, when he said that line, I'm like, where have I heard that? I know they're referencing something. I know they're referencing something. And then when I saw it the second time, because I watched it by myself and then I watched it with Jen. And when I saw it the second time, I was like, that's right. It was the Lost Boys. How did Jen like it? Um, she, she enjoyed it. She didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. She's, she's somebody who watches movies while looking at her phone. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Definitely not a waste of time. If you're looking for something fun to watch, I would highly recommend checking it out because it was fun. Yeah, you're not going to go wrong having like looking for just like a fun whatever to watch. You're going to have a it's good a, time. it's coming out at a great time because it's it's an action movie, it's kind of a horror movie, it's got all this stuff, and it's coming out you know a couple months before Halloween when I'm just getting ready to start getting like deeper into horror. So it was really kind of a good. Mm-hmm. This is what I needed right now. Oh, the other little thing I, that I wanted to mention that I thought was really kind of unique and interesting. I loved the thing with the fangs. Not only the fact that you had to turn in the fangs. I've seen, we've seen that before. I loved them looking at them under like the jeweler's thing or the magnifying glass. Oh, yeah, and glass. telling like, uh, how old they are and yeah. where they're from. Yeah. And- like, oh, and like the, they, never, they didn't really explain it, but they did just enough to where like you could tell that the one, because it had the little extra like teeth on it, the little, and they're like, oh, this one is 100 years old. So like they kind of gave the opinion that like they would get new one of those little teeth bits mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. every 10 years that went over, or every 100 years, whatever. It did add a dimension of like there was already a sort of a complete I don't know the right word um there's like a whole ecosystem there's already like a mythos to it there's already like a complete idea to those fangs like mm-hmm. the it it, I, com- it completes the world I I agree I, with that I, I think did that's like really the cool little- the little added bit to the lore of where she was talking about, you know, the one thing that it like the cruel joke of the gods, that the one thing we can't regenerate is the one thing that makes us who we are. The, yeah. the whole vampire fang thing where she oh, says yeah. that the, the, the vampire fangs are the one thing that a vampire cannot regenerate. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So that's the way of like taking the, the vampire away from them. Basically. Interesting. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. Yeah, she was an interesting character. Um, yeah, so overall, I think I think that we all pretty much agree on that one. That's 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 a fun. Yes. Now, I, one thing that that I want to see if you guys felt similar the um, the main the main uh, the main bad guy the the girl. I mean, obviously, she's supposed to be Spanish. I I felt like a lot of the dialogue where she was like throwing in the the Spanish words. Did was it just me or did it seem forced? Like it it didn't feel like it flowed as like naturally part of of speech. It felt like they were like, oh, now say something in Spanish. Oh, to like to like really did it at all actually. She did it a couple of times. She there was a word that she used, and I can't remember how they translated it. That she it was like a, almost like a term of endearment kind of thing that she would call people, right? If I recall correctly. Well, there, there were various times. It it a lot of it. It didn't feel like it flowed naturally. It felt like when she got to the Spanish word, there would be a small break, and then she would say it, and then yeah. she would go back to conversation, and I was like. 
it, so she was not a nat- a natural Spanish speaker, I guess. Right. It, it, it just it just felt it just felt off. It just felt forced to me. I I don't know, and I thought maybe maybe one of you guys had noticed that, but I guess not. <laughs> no, I didn't notice it, but now that you say it, like I see that it wasn't a a usual. Like I I see what you mean. Like that makes sense to me. I, I mean, because I've known I've known plenty of people who talk like that, and it it flows much more naturally than what right. she presented it in right. in the movie, and I just thought it was weird. Maybe the pantsuits threw you off. I, I, that's probably what it was. <laughs> she, she always dressed like. Was she supposed to be Hillary Clinton? Agent. Like, what's going? She dressed like it was so weird. <laughs> anyway, Sorry, episode name: Hillary Clinton and Vampire Hunter. <laughs> 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 Is not going to be the so name. Okay, I, so I'm we not got. Sure, I would watch that. Predator, Dracula, and Hillary Clinton all in a battle. Got it. That's the next <laughs> in a pantsuit. <laughs> Uh, no, she was born in Mexico City. Uh. All right, so yeah, no, I, I I, feel like she was a native speaker. I just didn't feel like the delivery felt natural. It felt like I sound when I was in Spanish class. It felt forced. <laughs> Mis pantalones está en el arbol. <laughs> Donde está la Biblia? I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of a weird week this week because during the process of the show is when we did the top five list. So we do have one voicemail that came in that, from one of our patrons, Alec. We're going to play that right now. And, of course, the question is, what are the top five other time periods that you would like to see a Predator show up? Hey, Give Me Five podcast. It's Alec. Top five Predator movies, I guess, or Predator people you like. People who like to see the predator fight. I don't know. I can't remember the topic wording, but anyway, uh, my list is only halfway serious because it's too hard to do this, knowing that the predator should actually win every battle. He should have won in Prey. He should have won in Predator. Definitely should have won in the other Predator movies outside of that. But um, for fun, number five, uh, in honor of Robert's or Rob's favorite movie from uh, the spring, Predator versus the Vikings. Um, you know, this would be everything that the Northman wasn't. Just a lot of carnage. Uh, Every movie I'm doing, it's kind of have to be like Prey, where you know he, his weaponry is only so advanced. I mean, he didn't have quite the same level of advancement in Prey as he did in Predator. So hopefully, that would kind of stick to this one. Uh, you know, it'd probably be a blowout in the Predator's favor, but let's go for it. Uh, number four, this is one that I just thought of, and I thought it'd be really fun. Probably not for kids, but Predator versus Avengers. Um, you know, I think Hulk and Thor become very, uh, very important in this situation. Uh, number three is Predator versus um, the horror movie villains, like Freddy, Jason, and Michael Myers. I mean, it, once again, he should easily kill them, but they never seem to die. And it'd be kind of interesting to see them go. I already saw Alien versus Predator, so I didn't want to include the Xenomorph. Number two is one of my few serious ones on this list, Predator versus uh, put the Predator in, like, the Shogun times with the Samurais and, you know, once again, his weaponry can't be as advanced as it was in the 1987 movie, but uh, he'll still have the upper hand, but it'll be interesting. And then number one, you know, I had to do this at some point, Predator versus Jaws. This time, it's really, really personal. All of the Jaws family that we didn't see in part four, Predator has to go into the water for this. I've never seen a Predator swim, I don't think. So, uh, I, I'm not waiting the first one. Anyway... Predator versus Jaws. That's it. There you go. Hope you like the list. Thanks. Bye. That's all. Take us out of here. 
I'm not ready. Somebody else has well, to. Guys, like like always, um, if you'd want to read, if you want to reach out and give us your five, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can email us a list directly, Give Me Five Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can go right to our website, Give Me Five Podcast dot com, or you can just go to our sh- go to our store and buy some Give Me Five Podcast merchandise. That's Give Me Five Podcast dot Threadless dot com. And as always, guys, that is F-I-V-E, not the number five. And please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out, and it helps other people find us. And remember, like I always say, that which doesn't kill us is only playing with its food. (laughs) (laughs) To attack, we're playing.